today dear heavenly father speak to our hearts today god we ask that we would have an open heart to receive everything that you would speak into our lives today we love you we praise you in jesus name amen really excited too let me say this just before i preach today really excited right now in the back room we've got 21 people i believe miss d said it's either 18 or 21 so let me go for 18 so i'm not overstating something 18 people right now that are going through our iConnect course saying, I want to be involved in church life and part of ministry life. Isn't that fantastic? And we just graduated, I think, 12 or 14 just two months ago. So we're so excited. And if you haven't gone through that next step for you to be a part of ministry life in this church, we just really encourage you to do that. And it's just a great opportunity. And you can see someone at the Connect Zone at the end of service for more information on that. So I like giving. Come on, say that with me. I like giving. Every time I mention that title, every time I see it, I think Megan did a great design for all of this too. I really like it. It's really good stuff. I, every time I see it, every time I say it, man, I just smile. Uh, it just brings me so much joy. Why? Because I truly enjoy the privilege and the opportunity that we get to be able to give to God. It's a great privilege and it's a great joy that we get. And I've got to be honest with you, I was thinking about this this morning as I was just studying and just praying earlier this morning. Outside of my family, I think giving is one of the greatest joys that I have in life. Outside of my family, I believe that giving is one of the greatest joys that I have. And I I must admit, I look forward to it. Someone gives me some money. I'm looking forward to Sunday because I'm going to be paying my tithes on it. Come on. When the IRS tells me you're getting this much money back, the first thing I say is, woohoo, I can give this much to God. I get excited about stuff like that. And you know what? I don't even have to wait till Sunday now to give because I can go online or I can pay by text. Have you done that yet? Pay by text. It's really, really cool. And you can do it right there and then. Just so many great ways that we can give to God. And we're actually going to do something I don't think I've ever done before. I like to do new things. And we're actually going to preach the last message from this series first. We're going to start at the end and we're going to begin from there. Because we're going to show you where our goal, what we want to see in each one of your lives as the result of this month, I like giving. So we're going to start at the goal. We're going to start at the end. And then what we're going to do for the next few weeks on a Wednesday and Sunday, we're going to discover the tools and the principles that will take us there. And there's something really powerful about that word principle. I love the word principle for this. A principle is this. It's an underlining truth upon which other things depend. It's a foundation. So when we talk about God's principles or biblical principles, you need to realize you don't just need to get this. You need to get it because other things depend upon it too. And I really believe the principles of giving that we're going to see, it's not just about your money. It involves so much more than that and other truths in your life that you need to grab a hold of. And the foundations are so important because you cannot build unless a proper foundation is laid. And principles are that which, when applied in your life, when you live by principles, come on, we don't live by chance. We don't live by luck. We've got to live by principles of God's Word. We've got to live by the truths of God's Word. And when we live by them, they're going to bring awesome success and blessing to your life, and your life can then be a blessing to other people. Do you realize that God wants you to be blessed so you can bless other people? 
Come on, God wants you to bless other people. In fact, the greatest form of advertising is word of mouth. You know how we're going to fill this church? By you letting God change your life so much that you can't shut up telling everyone else about what God has done. And that's what we need to be doing, telling people wherever we're at, at work. And trust me, I'm just so excited on this series on giving because I I believe it's going to change every aspect of your life. Listen to me today. Many people are not living in the blessings of God because of an unwilling spirit to give. Some of you have already zipped up your purses. Some of you have grabbed a hold of your wallet. Here he goes. He's talking about giving. Got to hold on to that. I'm telling you right now, so many people today are not living in the fullness and the blessings of God because of an unwilling spirit to give to God. Let me say it another way, because of a disobedience to give. Having a disobedience to give. Look at this statement. Giving is a must for you to see God's blessing and favor upon you, your life, and your family. Notice the key word, giving. And then the second word is a must. Giving is a must. For you to see God's blessings upon your life, upon your home, and upon your future. If we want to be generous, if we want to have a generous stance in our life, it comes from having a generous spirit. Generosity to many people is this. Are you ready? Generosity to many people is a destination. A lot of people believe generosity is a destination, that when I get that pay rise, then I can be generous. Come on, generosity isn't a destination. It starts right where you're at right now. You can be generous with nothing. Do you realize that? Come on now. You can be generous. And what we label as nothing is a whole lot more than what most people throughout this world ever have. Poor us, when we have nothing, that means we can't buy a Starbucks. Come on, when we don't have nothing, it means we can't go out and eat and we have to buy in food and cook at the house. Come on, our nothing so many times is really pitiful. It's not even close to nothing. But what we've got to realize, generosity isn't one day I'll be generous. Generosity starts right now. And we see that from the Word of God. The widow's might. We see that she had nothing. She didn't have much. But she took her much or her little that she had. Come on. She gave all the much that she had and she caught the attention of Jesus. I'm not jumping ahead, but let me remind you of this. Are you ready? Generosity is not the amount. But it's the willingness to faithfully give from what you have. If you only have one dollar because you only made ten this week and someone beside you is writing a check, For $1,700, I want to tell you, God is just as excited about that $1 as He is the $1,700. Why? Because it's the generous spirit and it's given properly and right to God. And that opens up the opportunities for God's supernatural blessing. We hear that a lot, that we serve a supernatural God. And I want to break that down. God takes our natural. He adds the super to it. And then it becomes supernatural. Come on, he takes the natural, the things that we can do. And then he does the things that only he can do, producing supernatural miracles. Come on, in the natural, one plus one is always going to equal... Isn't it true? One plus one. No matter what I do, one plus one is always going to equal two. But not to a supernatural God. God can make that anything that he wants it to possibly be. So you see, here's the problems with us. We think naturally instead of supernaturally. So we get the spreadsheet out. We get the calculator out. We get the notepad out. And we try to figure everything out. And the best way we can figure it out is just mathematically. One plus one is going to equal two. So if I need three and I've only got two, I don't have enough. So what do we do? We withhold because of the natural instead of releasing the supernatural into our natural situations so they can become supernatural. And what we're going to discover through this month, I really believe, is this. Whether we are releasing His blessings upon our lives or whether we're withholding His blessings. Come on. God's not limited by the same restraints that we are. The only thing that limits God is you. Come on, He's not limited by the restraints of math. He's not limited by the restraints of this world. The only thing that restrains Him is your inability. 
to have faith, to trust him and to do. If you don't believe me, then let's read him. Can we read God today? Let's read God's word. Here's our theme scripture that we're going to take for the month. Proverbs 11, verse 24 and 25. This is a good one. Come on, say to your neighbor, that's a good one. You haven't even read it yet, but trust me, it's a good one. Are you ready? There is one who scatters, yet increases more. Notice there's one that gives, but what happens? He gets more back. Everyone with me on that? Come on, don't look at me crazy. That's what God's word is saying. It's not my words. I'm not using God's word to manipulate. I'm using God's word to open up the blessings of God for your life, to unlock the blessings of God in your life. There is one who scatters, gives, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than what is right. But it leads to poverty. You ready? Verse 25. Hold on to your seats. Are you ready? The generous. Say with me, generous. Come on, say it like you mean it. The generous. The generous soul will be made rich. That doesn't sound like a question to me. Do you notice it doesn't say, will the generous soul be made rich? It's a statement where it says, the generous soul will be rich. Come on, where were we? Verse 25. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered Himself. In other words, he who takes care of other things, God will take care of him. Come on, if we're faithful to do. I love from the Message Bible. The Message Bible words it. Man, I may have to just hold on to the pulpit because I love this. Are you ready? The world of the generous gets larger and larger. But the world of the stingy gets The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Are helped. You should be shouting amen because that help is not from me. That help is not from someone sitting around you. That help comes from God. So when we bless others, we are helped directly from God. Man, I love that. We are blessed by God. I wonder what world you want to be a part of. You want to be a part of a world that's getting larger and larger? Or do you want to be a part of a world that gets smaller and smaller? Come on, generosity makes all the difference. Come on, being generous makes all the difference because God says through generosity, there's increase. Our lives, our worlds get bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says this, because of the lack of knowledge, my people perish. That my people are suffering in their lives because of the lack of know-how in their lives. I looked at that scripture and I believe there's two parts to that scripture. You ready? Why there is a lack of knowledge in many people's lives. Number one is because they have little or no teaching. Because they don't know, they haven't been taught. Therefore, there's a lack of knowledge that's going to produce a lack of results. Secondly, are you ready? That they've been taught the wrong teaching. There's a lot of wrong teaching out there. It's a lot of wrong teaching, especially on very important biblical principles such as giving to God. And as a result of either not knowing or or knowing the wrong things, that's a massive reason why God's children are not living in a larger life. But they are living small. And there are so much, as I said, misteaching out there when it comes to your money and finance. Why? Because you've got to have the proper teaching in your life. Here's one of the things that's been taught. Are you ready? Here's one of the mindsets. And that is this. Old tithing is an Old Testament. It's under the law. We're not under law anymore. We're under grace. We're in the New Testament. Praise God, we are under grace. But I want you to see something. and We're going to discover, and we're not going to go there for long today. But I want to tell you something. Tithing was never something that was given under the law. Tithing was given before the law. Come on, tithing was given before the law. You even heard of what Arnold said today. Abraham offered up a tithe to Melchizedek. He said, I'm not going to take, but I'm going to give to God. Come on. Isaac offered up a tithe. There were many others that gave a tithe of the portion of the increase of their lives. Why? Because they understood the principles of giving. So it's not just an Old Testament thing. It's a New Testament thing. It's just got a different look in the New Testament. Here's the look it has in the New Testament. 
Well, let's say it this way. The Old Testament was almost something that you had to do. The New Testament presents it as something that you get to do. Isn't that cool? Something almost you had to do is the Old Testament that you feel, oh, and a lot of people probably reluctantly. But in the New Testament, there's now a joy that comes to it. And the thought is now I get to give because the Bible now talks about being a cheerful giver and having not out of compulsion, but given now out of desire. I get to give. That's why I get excited because I get to give to God. I get to possess a generous spirit to God that's going to unlock his blessings in our lives. And the wrong teaching of, oh, it's Old Testament. It's something that we used to do. You shouldn't have. I'm telling you right now, wrong teachings like that have robbed too many people for too long. And we're saying today, no more. Come on, we're saying no more. Through this month, we're going to give you the proper teachings straight from God's word. And I want to go on record saying this. We're not preaching and teaching this just to get your money. Come on, giving is more than just your money. It starts there. But what I'm saying is this. We're not giving, we're not preaching this because we need your money. That there's this big lack and, oh, we've got to pull out the tithing thing so we get the money from the people. Listen, we're trying to teach you the principles of life, not because we need it, but because you need it. Come on, you need it. You need it. And theoretically, we do need it. We need it to help pay the bills. We do need it. But it's a greater need for you than it is for us. Do you understand that? And that's why our heart is to share with you of the importance of giving and giving. We want to show you the way that your life can get larger and larger, that you can grow, that you can be blessed. And what is that? Through generosity. Generosity. And giving to God. Generosity, remember, is not an amount. But it's been faithful to give. Now don't get me wrong, there is an amount. There is an amount when it comes to giving and it's called the tithe. Come on, it's called the tithe. In other words, it's not really an amount, it's a percentage. It's a percentage of what you do have. And if only you can give one dollar, as we said earlier, and you can't give thousands, that one dollar is just as valuable and just as special to God as anything else that gives. Why? Because it's not about the amount. It's about the obedience to what God has asked us to do. And the obedience is through the tithe. And God specifies that the tithe is a starting point for every one of us. The word tithe literally means this, one-tenth. One-tenth. God makes it simple. Come on, if you're not good at math, you can just take a couple of zeros off or you can figure out what 10% is pretty easy. Come on, it's an easy thing to figure out. And if you can't figure it out, you've got a calculator and, and just figure it out. And always do this. When you figure it out, round up. Come on, round up. You don't have to pray about tithing. A lot of people say, well, brother, I need to pray about how much to give. No, you pray about what to give on top of your tithes, which is then your offerings. And we're going to be talking about that because there's tithes and there's offerings. God has already told you what your tithe is. You don't have to pray about that. You just got to be obedient to do it. Come on, I know you're not shouting me down today, but that's okay. I'm still going to preach the truth to you today. I'm just going to amen myself and pat myself on the back because this is good stuff. I'm enjoying it because I'm living in the fullness of it. I realize the results of giving to God. And so tithing has already been defined and set out for you. Remember this. If you're struggling with the 10% of giving to God, try and understand this. Are you ready? 100% is His. It's all His. He lets you keep 90%. That's a great God. He could demand so much more from you. But He only demands such a little when you think that it's all His and everything He allows us to have. I heard this statement a few weeks ago and I thought, how great is this? Look at this. If you don't get behind him 10%, he'll never get behind you 100%. Wow. That's a good statement right there. It's truth. That's truth from God's word. If you don't get behind him 10%, he'll never get behind you 100%. And listen, tithing isn't the ceiling of giving. It's the floor. It's not the finish line of giving. It's just the starting blocks. It's the starting place where God can do. So what we've got to understand is this. God's economy is the opposite to ours. God's economy is the opposite to ours. Let me show you what I mean by this. And I'll prove to you from Luke chapter 6 verse 38. Look what it says. Give and it will be given unto you. Come on, we struggle with that. Come on, I said we struggle with that. That's a big struggle right there because give to get. No, we've got a hold to have. 
To give to get doesn't make sense to us because if we don't have enough, if we're going to give what we do have, how are we going to ever have enough? We struggle, whether we want to say amen or not, we struggle a lot with that. Give and it will be given unto you, God says. And here's how I want to give back to you, God says. When you give and you release it into a supernatural God, God says, I can give it back to you, good measure. That means one plus one is three, four, five, six, seven now because he's given it back good measure. He's given it down, pressed down. He's given it shaken together. Come on, he's hooking a brother up, so it's going to be running over, and it's going to be put into your bosom. Then notice this again. He just reminds us, with the same measure that you use. You know there's two measures that you can use, and that is this, a generous measure or a stingy measure. With the same measure that you use... It will be measured back to you. What did we read from Proverbs? That the world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The, mes- the method or the mes- measure that you use is what's going to be used back, either larger or larger or smaller or smaller. The same measure used. You see, that's God's means of return into your life. Listen, how does God bless my life through what I give? That's God's means of return upon each one of our lives. And that means can either, as I said, be give, be big or small or not at all. If you're not giving anything to God. So how are we taught? We're taught different to that. We're taught if you want to have, you've got to take. Come on, it's the truth, isn't it? If you want to have something, then you've got to hold on to it. You've got to hoard it. You've got to keep it. And that's what we're taught. Come on, if you want to have some candy, you can't give it all away. You've got to put it in your pockets and save it up. If you want to have something in your life, you've got to invest it. You've got to keep it. You've got to, oh, you've got to. But God says no. God says give, and then he promises return. And his return, may I remind you again, is good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together and running over. And never a surplus. God doesn't give us a surplus for a waste. God gives us enough so we can pass it on to other people too. That we can have more to give to others. That we can have a generous spirit. That we can look to bless someone. That when we're in the line at Starbucks, we can say, hey, can you pay for the person behind? Here's their ticket. I want to pick up their tab. I just want to bless someone. Can I, can I just give you something, a gift card or whatever? We can be a blessing because of the blessing that God has put upon our lives. I've used this so many times, but it's called the open hand. Come on, everyone open up your hand right now. What do you need an open hand for to give? Come on, you can't give with a clenched fist, can you? But notice this, as you open your hand to give to someone, notice the position your hand is now in. Your hand is now in a position empty if you've given that you can now receive so much more. You can receive so much more. I went to a golf shop once, and they had a sign on the bucket of tees. A golf tee is what you put the ball on and you hit. They had a sign on that bucket. It was a big barrel full. And it says, however much you can get in one handful, you can have for $5. Can I tell you, my hand was never bigger than that day. Come on, I opened up every finger and I scooped and I had everything. Why? Because I wanted to get everything I could. Come on, out of that deal. Come on now. Come on, don't look at me crazy. You know you would do the same thing. You know you've done the same thing. Come on, you know how you go with that. But I'm telling you right now, as we give, why not make our hand as big as we can when we give? Not just I'm making it big so I can get. What about if we make our hand as big as we can when we give? Then there's a big hand now also ready to receive from God. You see, generosity, that's the goal of this message. That should be the goal of our lives, that we come to a place of generosity, that people look and say, wow, that's such a given person, such a loving person. Life's all about other people. Wow, they're so kind, they're so generous, they're so giving. Because again, that places God's gifts and blessings into circulation. Generosity does. Again, reinforcing his principle, which again seems counterintuitive to us. But that's how God's economy works. It's flip side to us. In giving, we receive back. Not in holding on and grabbing hold of, but in surrendering. And not to sound redundant, but again, this is why so many people never experience the blessings of God upon their lives because they never create the space for Him to fill. They never create the space. As I give, I'm creating an opportunity, a space for God to to fill because given generously 
generous, generously creates the opportunity for God to open up the windows of heaven. Malachi 3, verse 8 and 9, 9 and 10 rather, opens up the windows of heaven that he can pour me out blessings that I can't contain. So here's the question. Here's what we're trying to get to through this whole series. We're going to try and answer this question. Are you ready? The question is plain and simply this. Am I generous? Am I generous? Do I have a generous spirit? Am I generous? And again, we're not just talking about money. But am I a generous person? And one thing we realize about God, are you ready? God starts small and he works big. He starts small and he works big. And we've got to realize that. We've got to start small to work big. Because so many times we think, man, I can just be big. Or when I get to be big, then I can be generous. Remember we talked about that? It doesn't start when you get to here. It starts right here. Because God works small and he works big. What do you mean by that? Luke 16, 10. He who is faithful in what is a least. Come on, he's going to be faithful with much. And he who is unjust or he who is unfaithful with little, guess what? He's going to be unfaithful. He's going to be unjust with much. So in other words, if you can't get it right with just the little that you have, never expect God to give you more. Come on, if you can't pay your tithes on $20, which is $2, by the way, you're never going to pay it on 200 Come on, if you can't pay tithes on $1,000, you're never going to pay it on $10,000. If you can't pay your tithes on $10,000, you're never going to pay your tithes on $100,000. Come on, you've got to start small. Generosity starts right where you're at, being obedient. So am I generous? And remember this, it doesn't matter what other people see. Am I generous to God? Because He sees all things. Come on, he sees all things. And may I remind you from his word, are you ready? What he sees in private, he rewards openly. Just saying, just saying, just saying. So generosity isn't, look at me, I'm giving this. Generosity is doing your part and giving and not worrying about getting the praise from other people. Because I want to tell you something right now. If you give in that way for other people to give you the praise, the Bible says that pat on the back is your reward. But the Bible goes on to say you can lay up treasures in heaven. It's not about letting your right hand or your left hand know what the other hand is doing. Come on, it's just being faithful to give. Not making a scene, but just being obedient in that. And God who sees in private is going to reward you openly. And you can give testimony. Why is that? Because I've got a generous spirit. Because God has given back to me. People are going to look and say, what happened to you? You won the lottery? No, I just realized the importance of paying my tithes. Come on. I just realized the importance of having a generous spirit. And God has changed and God will change your life. On Good Friday, we talked on day one about hopelessness and finding hope in that. We talked about the story of Lazarus, how Jesus waited a few more days and by the time he gets there, Lazarus has been dead four days. And we hear how Jesus rides in and he saves the day and he rises from the dead and just everything's happy and everyone's enjoying life. That's John 11. Today we're going to look at John 12. It's the actual, the next account that we see of the stories of Mary, Martha and Lazarus. And it says this in John chapter 12, verses 1 through 6. It says this, The sixth day, or then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with Jesus. Then Mary, she's the sister, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spanknard, and she anointed the feet of Jesus, and she wiped his feet with her hair. And the whole house was filled with this fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas, come on, say with me, Judas. Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray Jesus, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? I love verse 6. It says, This he said not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and he had the money box and he used to take what was put into it. In this story, I want to show you today two different hearts. Two different hearts. There's the generous heart and there's the stingy heart or the selfish heart. The generous heart is represented by Mary. The stingy, selfish heart 
is represented by Judas. And listen to me, are you ready? If you don't hear anything else today, this is really good to grab a hold of. I wish I had it on the screen. Are you ready? What revealed the heart was giving. What revealed the heart was giving. What reveals our heart is how we give. Come on, you've gone quiet on me. It either reveals that we're a generous heart or it reveals that we're a stingy, selfish heart. What revealed the heart was giving. So I want to give you quickly today three points of generosity. Come on, remember this is our goal. We're preaching the last message first. We're going to give you the tools to get here. But this is where we want to be, having a generous heart before God. I've got to move on quickly. Number one, generosity has an enemy called stinginess. Doesn't generosity have an enemy? Come on, stinginess always wants to try to disrupt and stop generosity. It's always a mind and a thought and a word in your heart that says, Oh man, goodness me, you don't have to give that much. Come on, stinginess always wants to disrupt what we know that we should do, that generous spirit. After all, we were all born selfish. Come on, we were all born selfish. We were all born with a sin nature. It's very interesting that we talk about a sin nature always in the negative aspect. But you've got to realize we were born with everything. We just choose to focus on the negative. Come on, we were, chose, we were born that we could choose the right things to do too, but we just focus on the fact that because of the sin nature, we made the wrong choices. That's where we focus. We were born, yes, selfish, but we were also born with the ability to give too. But yet what? We find ourselves on what side? Always on the selfish side. What do I mean by that? What's one of the first words that comes out of a kid's mouth? No or mine? Come on, no. That's mine. It's that selfish, that's that sin nature that wants to rise up inside of us. And look at Judas. Here's Judas. He is watching what's happening and he's got something to say about it. He's got something to say. And here's the most amazing thing to me. Are you ready? When I read things like this, it already talks about the fact that he was the one that was going to portray Jesus. And it's already a known fact that he hasn't just done this once, but he's done it many times that he's had his hand in the pot. That he's a thief, that he's a crook. Jesus, the word of God, labels him as this. Come on, Jesus, if you know everything, why give him the money box? I mean, come on. That's what I read. If you know he's a thief, come on, you don't give someone the money if you know they can't handle it. If you know they're going to be dipping in it and taking it, you don't do that. Not a smart move, Jesus. Anyone with me on that? Come on now. I mean, not a smart move. What's up? You know, I mean, come on. I mean, that's not good. It's like you don't get in a car with someone who has no license and they can't drive. Come on now. Not a smart move. But Jesus is sitting there saying, take me somewhere. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? I'm telling you why. Because in the same right Jesus does to us, Jesus gave to Judas, first knowing he was a thief, but also to give him an opportunity to pass the test given him an opportunity to pass the test. Money is one of the biggest tests that we will face in life. It's amazing that Jesus talks about money more than faith, more than heaven, more than anything else. Jesus talks about money. Why? Because he knows that's the biggest test that we face in our lives, whether we're going to be generous or whether we're going to be stingy. And just like with Judas... God has been blessing you and given to you. And you don't necessarily deserve it, but God has given each and every one of us the opportunity and the test to honor him with that so he can give us more, so he can bless us more abundantly. Look what it says in Malachi 3, verse 8 and 9. Will a man rob God? Will you be a thief to God, God has said. Will a man rob God? And he goes on to say, yet you have robbed me. We can say, well, has a man, Jesus is asking the question and answering it. You have robbed me, he says. And then he's like talking backwards and forwards. He's playing both sides. He says, and then you say, in what way have I robbed you? And I say, in the tithes and offerings. You see, Jesus is answering for them because you know what we do? Well, that's not really true because we try to justify, we try to change. So Jesus is just showing us the truth in this situation. Can you rob me? Yes, you can. How can we rob you? Through what? Not giving 
your tithes and offerings. And therefore, verse 9, are you ready? You are cursed with a curse. You have withheld the blessing of God. I know that's a strong word there, the curse. But you have withheld the blessings of God. And not only upon you, but upon this whole nation. You rob other people around you, your children and your children's children, for your inability to reach God. In other words, the word of God is telling us that we many times can be a lot like Judas. And we can be stealing from God when we don't have a generous spirit and we don't give our tithe to God. Here's what we want to say. Well, that's just foolishness, all that tithing stuff. I mean, that's just crazy. Man, I'm not going to give all that. I mean, I'll give a little bit. Don't tip a God who gave everything to you. Come on, don't tip a God. You go into a restaurant and you get bad service and they're asking you to give 18% now. Come on, suggest it. It used to be 10%. Now it's 15, 18, and even 20% that they're asking. And notice now on the bottom of your bill, they even figure it out for you. Just in case you don't know, here's 15. Just in case you want to be a loser and give under that, you know, you're just feeling the pressure of all of that. We give more to people without even thinking than what we give to God. With thinking. Because we think about that. Oh, I can't give that. There's no way I can do that. No way I can do that. God doesn't need that. I want to tell you something right now. You may say that God doesn't need that. And that may be your defense and that may be your argument all your time. But I want to flip that around and that is this. If you think God doesn't need that, I want to tell you right now, you do. You do. You do need that. The enemy of generosity is stinginess and it will always be there to try and steal you of your blessing by making you only see the now. What does stinginess say? You haven't got enough to even pay your bills so you can't give to God. Come on. It makes you feel like a victim that you can never be the victor. And then on the other side of it, maybe you've got this really big bonus and you're looking at the amount and you're like, oh my, I'm not going to give that. I'm just going to pay my regular tithes because I'm just going to give to God what I regularly give him. Come on. Watch out, because God may give you what you regularly need then. God's blessed you with more. So watch, because stinginess wants to stop you from giving, period. But then when you have enough to give, it wants you to withhold and not give more. And then you want to label that, well, God's blessed me with that. It's a blessing of God. So I don't have to tithe on a blessing of God. Here's what God showed me. Are you ready? Because people have asked me all the time, what if people give me a gift? What if they do this and I haven't earned that? What do I do? Here's my philosophy. Okay, and that is this. What do you want God to bless? If you want God just to bless your income from your salary, that's great. But I want God to bless every aspect of my life. I want him to bless my birthday money. I want him to bless my bonuses. I want him to bless everything. And so ask yourself that. What is it that you want to include and put God's blessing upon your life? Because I'm telling you, one plus one in the natural is always two. But supernaturally, it's a whole lot more in God. Come on, you've gone quiet on me today. Stinginess is that world that will make your life smaller and smaller. I was listening to a message a few weeks ago by Robert Morris, and he asks this question. He says, when the offering bucket is passed in the church, he says, I wonder how many people here would put up their hand and say that they would ever put their hand in and take money out of the bucket. I don't think there's any of us that would do that. No matter how desperate we are, I think we have a fear of God enough to know that I'm not going to touch that. We wouldn't put our hand in the bucket to take out and steal. But he said these words, are you ready? And this isn't from the word of God. This is not biblical, but I think it goes along with biblical truths and it's part of the principle of giving. He said this, but just like you wouldn't maybe put your hand in the bucket to take out, isn't anyone who keeps money in their bank account or in their wallet that belongs in the offering, just the same as stealing out of the offering to God? Hello? It's just the same. Every one of you came into church today with something that wasn't yours, and that's your tithe. It's not yours, it's God's. It's God's. It's God's. Oh, there's always going to be that voice that's going to say, oh, don't do it. It doesn't work. Just give a little bit. God will understand. God knows. Hmm. 
Stinginess is the enemy always to generosity. What's the question that we're asking? Am I generous? We want to be generous, amen? And generosity starts with the tithe. Starts with the tithe. Generosity begins with obedience. Number two, are you with me today? Number two, look at this, the extravagance of generosity. Generosity, in other words, just grows and grows that there can be an extravagance that comes. Not wastefulness, but an extravagance that can come. We saw this in the passage that we read about Mary. What did it say in John 12, verse 3? Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil, a spikenard, and she anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Judas, notice, he's the one that put a price on it. Judas said, could this not have been sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? You've got to understand something. You ready? A denarii was equal to one day's salary, one day's wage. So really what Judas is saying, and really the gift that she gave us, she gave a year's worth of salary. She gave 300 denarii, 300 days of work. Think about that. That's about a year's pay that she gave. That which cost a whole year. Now you think about it. You can make 60,000, you can make 16,000. But I wonder how many of us have a generous enough spirit that we would give all of that. That's a big amount right there. Whatever we make to give in one go. And that's what she did. You know in the word of God it talks about that David never got to build a temple for God. But he prepared everything that Solomon needed to build that temple. You know, one figure I heard last week says that David left the equivalent today of over $20 billion worth of gold and precious materials to build the house of God. Over $20 billion, with a B, not million, with an M. Over 20 that's an extravagant gift. A year's salary is an extravagant gift. But you know what? The Word of God also talks about an extravagant gift being just two copper coins. Look what it says in Mark 12, verse 41 and 40, 41 through 44. Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. You notice he says that he saw how they put it in. You've got to understand this. They would make a spectacle. They would dance and they would make a big spectacle about them putting a lot of money in. Why? Because they wanted everyone to see what they were doing. It's the truth. It was the truth. And there was different offering plates, they said. I'm trying to remember how many there were. I think there were seven. Is that right, Miss Emma? I think there was different offering plates. And what they would have is the different levels would go to the different plates because here's the rich and then the not so rich and then the broke ones up the corner over there. Notice where Jesus is. Jesus is not watching all the spectacle and he's not watching all those things. It says, Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which makes a quadrant. A quadrant is one sixty-fourth of a denarii. One sixty-fourth of a denarii. Remember, a denarii was one day's wage. So she put in one sixty-fourth of a day's wage. Virtually nothing. In fact, one of the copper coins that she gave would be the equivalent today to one-eighth of a cent. One-eighth of a cent that she gave. So she gave two-eighths of a cent is what her whole offering was to God. It was the smallest coin that was in circulation of that day. So Jesus is saying she gave the smallest gift that anyone could ever gift. So notice this. So he calls his disciples. Where's his disciples? His disciples are watching all the rich and everything. But where's Jesus' eyes at the most extravagant gift? Jesus calls his disciples over to him. And he says to them these words, Assuredly, I say unto you, that poor widow has put more in than all those who have given into the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. You see, she wasn't required to give everything. She just had to give a portion of what she had. She could have tithed on that and just given that to God. Because a tithe is only 10% of what she had. But notice she gave it all. Again, remember... It's not the heart, or it's not the amount, but it's the heart behind the gift. Come on, it's the heart that's behind the gift, the obedience that comes. She didn't hold anything back, but she gave it all to God. God's not asking you to give everything that you have. Maybe he has. 
And if God's dealing with you with that, I know people who have given houses away and given stuff away. God's dealing with you with that, then hey, be obedient. But what God is asking, God is asking for you to give everything that you have. And what is that? That tenth, that gift. And be generous with that. Be extravagant with that. Don't hold back. Now, again, you can look and say, have you ever asked yourself this? This is how I think. I'm sorry. Welcome to the brain of me. My, My brain never stops. I think like this. How could I ever give something to a God that has everything? I mean, my God, he, he rides around on gold. That, that's his blacktop, is gold. Come on, the streets are paved with gold. The Bible says that heaven is built upon 12 foundations, and it's not wood and it's not stubble, it's precious stones. So the gates of heaven or the walls of heaven are built on precious stones. You know how long the walls are? 1,300 miles that way and 1,300 miles that way. has 12 gates, and each gate is one pearl. Come on, one pearl. I believe one place it talks about the gates being 150 feet tall. That's some pearl. Come on, what about that oyster? Come on now. Shuck that baby. Come on now. What are you saying? You can look at all that and we can feel, wow, how can I ever, how can I ever top that? I'm telling you how you top that. With your heart. Giving everything to God. When you give everything to God, that's greater to Him than anything else that he lives in, that anything else that he's a part of. Because if God doesn't have your heart, God doesn't have your money. Why do we know that? Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your heart follows your money. Oh, I love God. If you love God, come on, you'll tithe. You won't question. You'll have an extravagance of generosity in your life. The joy that will flow. Come on, is anyone getting this today? I know we've got to move on, but you would have an extravagant heart, the one that says, God, you're first in my life, not just in word, but through giving to you. Oh, a lot of people say, God, you're first. Come pull out your checkbook and look at your bank account, and you can see whether God's first or not. Oh, my mortgage company. To most people, your God is your mortgage company because that's the first bill that you write every month. Or maybe it's your house note. Or maybe it's your child support. Or maybe it's something like that because we figure it all out, and then if there's anything left, come on, I tithe is a tenth. But what tenth? The first tenth. So what is generosity? What is having extravagant generosity? You ready? Equals God first. Putting God first in your life. One last thing. I'm almost done, I promise. And remember, this is just the test. The materials for the test are going to be coming up. This is just where we want to get to. So if you're not there right now, don't, don't get stuck. But you've got to start. You've got to start by giving to God. Number three, are you ready? The rewards of generosity. Come on, you can shout amen to that. The rewards of generosity. Mark 4, verse 9, it tells the story again that we read of in John chapter 12, but it adds this to it, and I love it. The same story, Mark says, Assuredly, I say unto you, this is Jesus speaking, whenever this gospel is preached to the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Can you see the reward of her generosity? Because of the act that day, the whole world now knows about what she freely gave to God. She didn't do it because of that. Can I tell you why she did it? Because two months earlier, her brother was dead. Two months earlier, her brother was dead. And Jesus came and he met a need that no one else could meet. And because of what Jesus had done for her, She was so grateful and had so much gratitude in her life that nothing was too much to give to him. What am I saying today? Generosity comes from gratefulness. Come on, generosity comes from gratefulness. It comes from a gratitude that you have in your life that you couldn't do it and and that was dead and it was over and there was no way but Jesus came. She didn't do it to be rewarded. She did it out of a grateful heart. Come on, what has God done for you? Come on, what has he done for you? I'm telling you what he has done for you. Too much that you could ever pay him back for. You could never do that. But what does a grateful heart say? God, I want to honor you with everything that you've given to me. God, and the first is going to be given unto you. Come on, you can give without love, but you can never love without giving. Come on, let me say that again. You can give without love, but you can never love without giving. 
True generosity, here it is, are you ready? It's when you give expecting nothing in return. Well, I need something, so I'm going to give to God because he's going to bless me back with that. No, 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 that's not a giving heart. That's a heart that says, I want to get. A giving heart is, God, it's already yours. I give it to you. And God, I trust you. Generosity is giving, expecting nothing in return. But I want to tell you something right now. You ready? God always rewards that. God always rewards that. Hebrews 11 verse 6, the last part says, He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Are you ready? The thought is this. Are you ready? He rewards with extravagance. Come on, he rewards with extravagance. He gives great things. He's not just about rewarding the amount also, but he rewards the honesty of our hearts, the motive of our hearts. Come on, never give to get. Give from gratitude. Give from a grateful heart of everything that God has done for you. I heard Robert Morris say this statement, and I thought it's so true. He talks about a generous giver and he says, I use a double negative, but it makes sense. He said, listen to this, God cannot not reward that. Come on, God cannot not reward a generous heart. And that's the starting place. And the best way that you can battle stinginess, the best way that you can battle a selfish heart is to pay your tithe to God. Because that's the starting place. And you will never progress on if you don't start there. That's the place you have to begin. Because your tithe is the doorway through which all the blessings God wants to pour into your life can come through. God wants to bless you in such a great way. But he can't bless that which is stingy and that which is ungiving. Remember, giving is that which revealed the heart. So today, let me ask you a question. I'm ready to close. Are you generous? Come on, are you generous? Are you generous? Are you generous? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless. God bless.